We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Let's talk rookie dynasty picks. Who we should be targeting in the 2023 rookie drafts. Obviously, we haven't had the combine yet. We haven't had the NFL draft, but we have this coming your way get you preempted ahead of time obviously the road of his rookie guide is out and available now the link to that is in today's show notes if you're interested in purchasing that but sean we're going to talk today about the rookie picks the reason we're talking about it is we have a question in from one of our listeners he has mentioned that he had his first dynasty season last year and he just went and won the whole thing so he's off to a pretty hot start it is in that sent in the question and he's trying to go into a repeat season here and, and turn it into a true dynasty. And uh, one of uh, Ian's claims to fame here in the road of his OT folklore is last year he did draft against myself and yourself, Sean, in a few leagues. And obviously at the end of every show, I say, have a good one. His team name was have a good one. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that last year. It was a fun one. So he mentions he's fresh off his very first season of dynasty and he ended up winning the championship. He said he made a lot of aggressive trades and now have what i view to be the strongest team in the league it's a 12 team league half point ppr super flex dynasty league start one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end and four total flex spots you can obviously have two for running back wide receiver one for running back wide receiver tight end and then the other one is super flex so pretty loaded team here sean i'm not surprised that he has gone ahead and won this league it was lamar jackson who obviously missed a good portion of the season but his bench still so brock party who had a really substantial fantasy season based on where he came from at the start of the season. So Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, Pat Fairmouth, Brees Hall, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Daniel Jones, Benches, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell. It's amazing, Sean. You have had such an influence in all these. Uh, the the road of his listeners on the OT side of things. Anyway, they are all about Sam Howell. We must have 100% Sam Howell <laughs> exposure across all the, the listeners' rosters with Jameson Williams, Brant Nayuk, Judy Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Isaiah Hodgson's, and then we have Greg Dulcich, Noah Fant, Isaiah Likely, and Jelani Wood. So there's a lot of fantastic talent in there. And to be in a 12-team league and to build up a roster like that, it's in a really nice spot across the board. So them names that I, I read out, some of them may have had different ups and downs at certain points of the season, but lots of depth there. And Sean, we are talking on these about it's not exactly what we're looking about as to who the players are. It's about 
how to structure that team, how to keep that championship window open and to continue to perpetually reload those rosters. But he mentioned the bench running backs not being great. He does also have, uh, and he didn't add that in. He, he named out the QBs, the wide receivers, and the tight end. He had separate comments with the running back. But it is Carter L. Patterson, uh, James Robinson, Justin Jackson, Malik Davis, and then a couple of other names added in there. But Sean, there's a lot of potential with this team. His question, though, and this is what I want to get for the overall show, is he is the 103, the 107, and the 110 in the 2023 rookie draft. So along with the players that he has acquired and traded for, he also has three first-round picks. He says, are there any particular rookies you'd be targeting with those picks? Are there any moves you should try and make in order to ensure he stays a strong contender over the next several years? So again, keeping that championship window open perpetually reloading and we are going to have a show coming up over the the coming weeks where we do talk more about that in depth go through the overall strategy in terms of the terminology i guess of the the name and and what we're talking about but john we look at this he also mentions have a good one in in the email bonus points as well for that but john we're looking here we're looking at three first round picks one early one mid one late any particular rookies that you would be sent to target with those particular picks for listeners to uh, get their Sam Howell vibes for and uh, make sure they get them on all rosters? Well, there are three quick things we got to address before we get into the rookies here. The first one is that the team name here is Have a Godwin. So you get the Chris Godwin connection. He's been one of our favorite players, but the perfect pun to work off of Columns call sign. Number two, I mean, this this will be a good team in a six-team league, right? That's loaded. Yeah, I mean, he mentions the bench running backs aren't great. Colin, if I had a team with Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Brees I wouldn't Hall, care, I would just I cut would. everybody else. <laughs> just cut everybody else, right? No, that Ian has done a fantastic... I would be saying there's too much running back depth in this roster. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, just cut Brees Hall. It's like, otherwise, it's not fair to your opponents. No, uh, fantastic team. <laughs> the third point is Sam Howell. It looks really good right now if the Washington Commanders do something that you could see them do, like you know, making a commanders. move for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Then, like two weeks from now, I'll be like, "Well, I'm glad I've got Sam Howell in every league. That was a that was a great move." So we'll see. Uh, today, especially with Eric Bieniemy coming on board, you have those young receivers. It, it's pretty exciting in the moment. It's too early since Sam Howell's basically not scored any meaningful fantasy points too early to take too much of a victory lap there but it's exciting and so that part we like column the 103 the 107 the 110 i like these picks i think that this particular draft is about eight players deep but we're going to have the combine you're going to have other players rise up especially in super flex this very controversial player in will levis i mean he could end up being the first selection in the reality draft. And if that's the case, he's not going to go nearly as late as where we put him in the rookie guide, but there's also a ton of risk here. I mean, this is basically a Jake locker type of selection. So, and that doesn't mean that, that, that I'm doesn't seem him. like I, a, that doesn't seem like a ring and endorsement, Sean. Well, it, that did, I mean, he didn't work out. That's not to say someone who is similar couldn't work out. The other obvious player who is connected to him all the time is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's worked out about as well it's as worked anyone. Worked out pretty good, yeah. yeah. Worked out pretty well. So 
we'll see where he goes and how that pushes people down. The other guy that is interesting here that I really like because I like to get those elite tight ends more or less on a yearly basis and kind of corral about a third of the elite young tight ends or the potentially elite because you're going to have to show a little bit of patience but those guys for the entire league if you have a a third of the value at the tight end position especially in tight end premium leagues then you have a lot of potential trade value and you're insulated against some misses not all these tight ends are going to come through but you want to have those pat fryer moose as this particular roster does. So again, in addition to everything else he's done perfectly, this team has Fryermuth. I think that Fryermuth will probably take the next step next year. We don't know that for sure. You can always add some more firepower. However, one of the things that I'm looking at for this draft, and I think it will be interesting to see how the combine goes. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, someone who could end up being this year's Greg Dulcich-esque type of player now Dulcich didn't finish strong last season we'll see if the new coaching staff likes him in the same way we'll see if Russell Wilson plays well enough for any of that to matter but again this might be a case where you actually want to look at the second tight end as opposed to paying for the highest profile tight end if that happens then we kind of get down into the range or maybe this is a seven person draft that's not to say that the other players aren't going to be valuable there are a lot of running backs in this draft where if any of them hit in a big way at the combine and or and it's really the and portion where they then do need to land in a spot where they have some reasonable first year upside then those guys are going to really launch but we don't know that information as we discussed it today and so this kind of gets back to the question of 103 107 those two picks should be very, very high value. If you get a quarterback at 102, then you have the chance to take Gibbs. And if you had a team that, I mean, if it's a two-team league and you have Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, and Gibbs, you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go win this league. The other possibility here would be, and one of the things that we really debated during our rookie ranking summit was C.J. Stroud versus Jackson Smith and Jigba. A lot of Rotoviz listeners will know just how dominant he was in 2021. The tricky part with him, you really just have the one big season to look at 2022, a lot of injuries. The discussion is, is he big enough? Is he athletic enough? Is it going to test in a way that he's drafted early enough? But if you listen to his teammates, and we do a lot of different things with models at Rotoviz. We're looking at the history of the trajectories of the players. We're looking at how these different pieces of evidence fit and give us a, a higher level of confidence in certain players that others. Some of the players may have a very high ceiling, but it's an extremely wide range of outcomes. But you have to look, I think, especially now and especially as we get into this environment where the talent is so concentrated at the collegiate level, that you're going to take circumstantial evidence into account. You're going to want to understand the context. If JSN was the best receiver on Ohio State's roster in 2021, and there's no guarantee that he was, he did create the most production 
And he did it when defenses had to focus on Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. He also did it in a massive way when they were sitting out of the bowl game and preparing for the NFL draft. When you look at what's happening right now, where the big debate in dynasty circles, which then also spins off into, you know, how do you want to draft these guys in these early best ball leagues? When that debate is Garrett Wilson versus Chris Olave as two elite, elite young receivers going into year two, which one is better? If their teammate was better than both of them, and they've also vouched for his athleticism, which may not show up quite the same way in testing that it does on the football field. I mean, are you going to let him slide by the 103? In a lot of drafts, I think, and especially if he had been able to go back and confirm that, I mean, you might be talking about him up there alongside Robinson. I mean, still probably not Robinson. This, I mean, it seems like it's happened three or four times in the last five years, but justifiably so in some ways, where Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall, very, very, very good players. But if Robinson is a generational prospect at running back with the impact that running backs give you, he's still probably the first guy. But all you have to do is think back to Jamar Chase and how he went behind running backs and tight ends and quarterbacks in his draft. And Colin, it just seems so weird now to think that I selected Jamar Chase at the 106 in multiple drafts that season. You'll You'll be telling that, uh, you know, 50 years from now. It just doesn't seem possible, right? I mean, he's... (laughs) <laughs> I think, and again, where you put Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts and Jamar Chase are currently fighting for the 104 in dynasty startups in super flex value, right? You have Allen and Mahomes, you have Justin Jefferson, but then it's, it's Chase and Hurts, and probably you want the quarterback, but those guys wildly valuable i'm not suggesting that jsn is the same guy but there's a similar type of dynamic where if chase had not had the sort of pandemic related elements where he sits out and goes a little bit cold to the nfl draft i mean even with the other prospects that were there it doesn't happen unless there are other compelling players and there are other compelling players in this draft but i mean he's probably gonna go even higher. So then again, we get back to this question of Stroud, Young. Do they have the fantasy profile in addition to the reality genius, the reality skill to be drafted up there? But again, when you're talking about the top seven picks, it's very exciting. So then you go to the 107 and you're thinking in all likelihood, the guys who get pushed down to there, you're looking at Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston. These two players, very, very different. The one, a gigantic freak athlete who dominated in his final year at TCU and was a vertical weapon throughout. And Johnson is on a lot of my Debbie teams because his vertical ability was so clear cut as a freshman there at TCU. Addison, a a similar type of player in that his huge breakout was not in 2022 where he moves to USC, but in 2021 where he's the best wide receiver in the country for Pittsburgh With him, you're probably looking at a slightly lower ceiling. But if he goes out and runs the way people expect him to run, so he's one of these guys where the combine is something that I think very important for him. But if you're talking about a Marvin Harrison, if you're talking about an Antonio Brown, if you're talking about a Stephon Diggs, then if you draft him at the 107 in your draft, you're going to be pretty happy. So 
these guys do have at least a little bit of bust potential, but when you have the 103, the 107, and the 110, at least those first two picks in this draft should be extremely valuable. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level, too. Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120 inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120 inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85 inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You took me back to kind of a period in time, Sean, there where you mentioned Jamar Chase and his rookie start or his rookie <laughs> draft value. But he had a wild start when you think back to like, you know, he obviously has the COVID season, but then the draft situation. Then there's the conversation around him not being able to catch balls in the training camp. And they were saying because the ball is different to the college ball, it just went. And then all of a sudden, that's just disappeared uh, once he gets onto the nfl field so it was a pretty wild start to that rookie year and he's continued to dominate right so yeah the 106 being a tremendous value there a couple of questions sean to lead on from that the 103 107 the interesting thing when we look at the road of his draft guide you've it split into tiers and we have Bijan robinson in tier one but tier two leads from the second spot to the eighth spot so the players through those spots then we have tier three nine through 12 and then so on and so forth but when we look at those two picks the 103 and the 107 and then the 110 would it be a situation where you would either be looking to trade up or trade back so you there's a potential option to try and move the 110 and the 107 to get two picks uh, you know in those top say five picks you also have the option though for the 103 if you think 
player two or three is not that much different to player seven for example in those tiers to move that back into looking again to that you know trading back superpower to gather up more picks gather up more assets as you move forward is that tier two as close as that you know would you be looking to potentially consolidate or shuffle those picks back and obviously that's a big question now because we haven't had the combine we haven't had the draft there's a lot of things that are going to change but in terms of overall strategy if somebody had tiers would you be looking to move back in those tiers to just get one player if it's not as uh, big of a jump to the the talent level i think that depending on your roster and what you need if you are optimistic that the running back is going to fall and you need a running back then you're not going to want to move out of that spot that makes that position more valuable the 110 to a pick that i don't think that you want to burn necessarily to move up and although our tiers currently show that as a much lesser value pick once we've had the combine and the actual draft if you assume that this draft Spots is taking and... place yeah i mean after the nfl draft there are going to be i mean there are going to be a lot of guys actually who lose value because they don't run well at the combine and then they land into a committee but the balancing part of that is that there'll be two or three guys who really rise up and at the 110 you're almost certainly going to be right there at the cusp where they rise up and make the 110 also a pick that you're going to really want and if you had moved down out of that you could move down and experience a pretty dramatic tear break that you're on the wrong side of so this is another situation where i think you kind of want to sit tight at least for now and when you're having discussions with opposing managers again it's just that honesty portion where you say i i am willing to move these but if i were to move them before the draft itself i would have to get a pretty big premium and i understand if you don't want to pay that I mean, one of the things that just always does help you with other people is show understanding when you say this is my price but it's not a thing of it's a bullying type of offer it's just i understand if you don't want to do it when you say that then the other person in many cases is like well you know Thank you for saying that. Maybe I do. And so if you get someone who is going to overpay, but you both understand that and they're okay with it, then, I mean, that's something you can do there. But unless someone is willing to overpay or pay at the level that you might see during the rookie draft itself, I don't think that you can be in any hurry to make that move. And then I have another question to follow up, and it's not going to be rookie related or draft related. It's going to be opening that window keeping that open so this is a team that was his first season lots of young talent in it which is one of the fantastic things you know we talked about having two to three years and then being able to still move these guys there's a lot of guys that really do fit that criteria and usually when we look at these teams we might see a, a veteran running back where we're like maybe we should move that player now but this is a team where jonathan taylor is only 24 years of age which is kind of a little bit you know mind-blowing even though he's been in the league for a couple of seasons we have Saquon Barkley just turned 26 and then we obviously have Brees Hall who's just finished his rookie season so Saquon is the oldest of those 26 year old running backs still definitely rehabbed a lot of his value last season to, to keep him in a pretty strong place when we're looking at potential other ways to continue this you know to keep it as he mentions to keep it a strong contender over the next several years is he somebody that you'll be looking on this team as potentially moving to then acquire more assets maybe in the future drafts and you would still have a chance at potentially taking one of these rookie running backs in this draft maybe jamar gibbs falls to the 103 on this in this draft for example for him is is that a move you'd be looking to make to, to keep that window open i think anytime that you have barkley and some depth you've got to look at moving him ben and i have barkley sort of as the foundation piece of our running back group now we're strong at some other positions 
But if you basically have Barkley and then players who – maybe they score. Maybe they go through a stretch where they're a legitimate starter. But if you don't have the depth, then you're going to be trying to move out of your wide receiver group. For example, I mean, we've got 10, 12 guys who are good. You don't even necessarily have all the roster spots for them. So you're looking to move some of those other players, and you're thinking, okay, in this situation with this particular team – even though we understand that zero RB is also effective in dynasty, it's worth it to us to take Barkley and maybe ride his value closer to zero for this team where they don't need to do that. He's the perfect guy to move if you have interest. And as he's such a big name in free agency right now, it's going to keep him in the news. You're going to hear about teams fighting for him. You're going to hear about the giants and whether they want to pay this massive sum Perhaps by the time this episode releases, they will have paid him a massive sum. He has a lot of value right now, and yet there are no guarantees, even with how healthy he looked last season. You think about Austin Eckler and how he's performing later on in his career, and you think to yourself, well, I don't want to miss that. But at the same time, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and then more recently, there was a fear with Saquon Barkley, you know, entering last season or the season before that he had really started to follow that path with his injuries. Yeah, you just don't know how the players are going to come back. I mean, someone like a David Johnson, I was drafting him beyond when he ended up scoring any points because it didn't even seem like his injuries were necessarily going to be lower body injuries that caused serious problems that really were the catalyst for decline and the decline happened anyway. I mean, you think now about... Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. If you have those two players, their value has collapsed in the last 12 to 18 months. You've missed the opportunity to keep that perpetual reloading element going with them. You've missed the opportunity to use them to help keep your permanent championship window open. Their value isn't there to trade anymore. The name who has been slowly going in this direction for a long time, who probably seems more like a Barkley, would be Ezekiel Elliott. Because Elliot looked so bad this past season, and so many people, including us, unfortunately, said that that was going to happen, it seems like that was the only thing that could have happened. It wasn't the only thing that could have happened. I mean, Elliot could have had a little bit of a bounce-back season in that good offense. But this has now been going for multiple seasons, and because it's been going for multiple seasons, it covers up just how good he was early on. People stopped thinking about him in the same ways. And, I mean, that's going to happen to these guys. And so if you have a chance to move Barkley at a big price, and it still needs to be a big price, you still need to get the value out of him. But I think this is the offseason to do it. Yeah, and I, I do think as well, the other interest, and that's just a general strategy point for all teams, but another wrinkle in this is it is a team where you're starting 10 players, obviously two quarterbacks if you have the depth for the super flex position, but it's two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and three flexes. And with it being half-point PPR, obviously it's going to take a little bit of value out of some of the, the wide receivers. Uh, but I do still think with the age part, and the hard thing is when you have somebody like Saquon Barkley moving him, but that is what is going to keep the window opened. And it is amazing to see this team that has developed one season in by Ian. It is uh, tremendous. And I, I think we're in pretty much pole position to win this league again. I think it's a, a really nice spot. So, Sean... As we started the show off and the majority of today's show was talking about those rookies, is there anything else that you want to add in about this rookie class in general? Is it one that you're excited about? Sometimes we hear, you know, 
this class isn't great, but next year's class is going to be fantastic. You know, get those rookie picks for 2025. <laughs> but uh, right now we're in 2023 and there is, you mentioned kind of eight, nine deep, but how excited are you for the class as a whole in terms of high-end draft position or high-end draft talent and then the, the depth of the class? I think it's going to be fascinating to watch the developments over the time period between now and the NFL draft itself. The combine, as always, is going to be very important. People like to talk about how the athleticism is less important than the production, which is definitely the case. And yet we know that the athleticism is going to heavily influence where the players are drafted. And so once you know the draft spot, then the athleticism (laughs) doesn't tend to factor into the models very heavily in most cases. But since it's going to influence the draft spot, crucial for so many of these prospects, we also have a lot of guys who blew up in their final season who are going early in mocks, who are going early in best ball leagues. We know, especially if that final season was their fourth season, that that's a, a huge red flag. And it's one that's become very well known. And so to have players who are benefiting from their senior years in a way that's showing up in early drafts, that's a little bit surprising to me. So we'll see whether their combines sort of reinforce that. We'll see if they are drafted at a spot there, because once you get drafted in say picks 25 to 50, then you are going to have some fantasy value because your team is going to give you opportunity. So even if you bust, that's a player that you can potentially draft, hold, look to move at various points, get back out of, right? You're not necessarily looking to hold a player who's drafted between 25 and 50 where their resume doesn't justify it. But if you have a lot of picks, you can hold them. You can see if they generate a lot of buzz. I mean, somebody who did have some red flags and we wanted to make sure we pointed that out and yet also said, look, this player could be an arbitrage play off of Chris Olave. This player could be someone who just flouts a few of the historical guidelines, you look at someone like a Jahan Dotson, if you draft him and hold him a little bit, and then very quickly it becomes clear that his performance in practice has been fantastic, you then watch him play. And his rookie season, you know, signs pointing in some different directions. A, an elite touchdown score, a big play guy, didn't necessarily draw the level of targets that we would like to see on a play-by-play basis for some serious stretches, but then you also have the poor quarterback play to deal with. So you're looking at some different elements there, but when you have a lot of picks, and so you know if you have five second round picks, you have the ability to draft some players who you think were overdrafted in reality. You have the ability to stash some players you think are sleepers who were underdrafted in reality that you like, that you want to have some exposure to. And you can do multiple things as opposed to kind of getting stuck in one track where you have to go for a certain guy because he's the clear-cut pick and that takes you out of the opportunity to explore other avenues it it just the draft is so much fun because there's so much going on i mentioned i think it's seven or eight players deep in terms of stars but the cool thing about this class is that there is a pretty decent amount of depth i wrote an article recently talking about three players who I think are clear targets and potentially under the radar are potentially underdrafted. Now, one of those guys is actually going very early in best ball. So he's not necessarily as under the radar as I was suggesting, but still an obvious target. 
two other guys I love. We'll see kind of how they develop. We'll have a lot more content coming out on the site over the next couple of weeks talking about that. Obviously, we'll have a lot of coverage of the Combine. Dave Cabin's Combine Explorer tool is fantastic for understanding how their Combine performance has historically. You know, who are their comps? What do these comps mean? How these comps performed? Lots of great stuff there over on the site. So if you want to get access to that and have it be a little bit less expensive, Colin, you can use the coupon code RBRADIO2023 at checkout. Get 10% off your one-month subscription. I don't, know. I don't know if it's evident or not, Colin, but I'm pretty fired up for Dynasty football and for the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, and uh, thanks again to Ian for sitting in that question. It was fun to discuss through it. Sean, it feels like, and, and Curtis had a tweet uh, during the week, obviously with Sean not being on Twitter, he won't have seen it, but he mentioned about he says this three to four times a year, but this feels like his favorite time of the season. And we, we're always fired up, and it's always our favorite time of the year. That is part of the road of his overtime kind of mantra as we talk through it. But I want to give a shout out at the end, Sean, to road of his overtime and road of his. We are 11 ratings on Apple Podcasts on the US page away from 200. Can people who are listening who haven't dropped a written interview on Apple that have that option, whether you have to grab your wife's or daughter's iPad and go in and leave that review, I don't mind, but let's get that up to 200 over the, the next week or so. And the other one is, Sean, I think we're 14 away from 2,000 on the YouTube channel. If you haven't, you're listening in. I don't mind if you never watch it on YouTube. Just go in on every device in your house or every account that you have and uh, hit that subscribe button. Let's get us over 200 reviews and uh, 2,000 subscribers over on youtube we would greatly appreciate it we thank everyone for the loyal support it's great to get to know so many people like Ian, for example drafted with him last year i've had some communications has his team wins his league we're answering some questions that he has submitted today so it's great to see the ot community continue to grow but that was a fun show sean and uh, hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening in so that's the task for everyone over the next 24 hours. Rate the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we'll be very, very happy. But my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of his stuff up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.